What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Liverpool Junkie Podcast Show. I'm your host, Poovan, and in this episode, we will be digesting about last night's encounter between Liverpool and Chelsea, talking points, match analysis, and player ratings. So without further ado, guys, let's get started. Uh, hello guys, uh, welcome to the Liverpool Junkie Podcast show. I also have a guest with me today. He's also a Liverpool fan as well. Uh, please welcome Vitran to the Liverpool Junkie Podcast show. Hello Vitran. Hi, 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 hi. Hi Mr. Puan, thank you for inviting me here. Okay, hi guys. Hello yeah. listeners. Okay, my name is Jishnu Vitran. Uh, I'm from Samanye and a brief intro. I've been a Liverpool fan since I was six. And all thanks to my grandfather, I used to sit down and watch Liverpool game religiously every weekend, and I'm still following it. Okay, over to you, Puan. How are you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So it's kind of surprise, not surprising for me, but I think uh, as far as Liverpool fans are concerned, you and me are both. Uh, I mean, lot. I mean. Uh, hereditary in terms of becoming a Liverpool fan because you followed your grandfather becoming a Liverpool fan and I followed my, the footsteps of my dad becoming a Liverpool fan so that is uh, it's a very common thing between Liverpool fans so let's get into the game so um, I would like to just sum it up the Liverpool versus Chelsea's uh, performance and also the result which was actually a 1-1 draw so for me yeah. in a summary in a nutshell uh, I actually feel that we dropped two points. Um, there were loads of chances up, uh, I think, in the second half that uh, we could have actually uh, scored a goal and then uh, make, you know, increase the scoreline because of the red card which was received by Chelsea due to the handball by Reese James. Um, disappointed, but then definitely not, um, it's not to a level where we can say that. Uh, it's very, uh, you know how, I'm not sure how do you call it, it's very disastrous, you can say, because it's still early, we are still at first three games of the Premier League season, so uh, we can't define our team's performance currently with just, just the first three weeks gone on. So in a nutshell, we could have been better, but then all in all, um, uh, it was still a good performance. We could have done better. So, on to you, Vitran. What do you think? Okay. Um, exactly. This is uh, game week three. Okay, it's very early for us to judge who will be top of the table and who has the chances of winning the Premier League. Yeah. But you must remember, okay, we are facing Chelsea who have been crowned as the European champion. They won the Super League. They won the Champions League. And they coming into this season as champions and with Jogin Ho winning uh, play of the year. Yes, right? yes, correct, correct. And then uh, they have they have won four out of six potential awards during the UEFA uh, gala the other day. Yes, okay. correct. So we have Chelsea who they see as the potential champion of the season, and we Liverpool just come back after a dis not to say a disastrous season pre yeah. before this yeah. but yeah. uh how to say uh a injury plagued season okay yeah imagine yeah. we went through the previous season with different combinations of center back i yeah. i really can't remember how many combos we had but i'm pretty sure there were like more than six players were involved in the combo exactly okay? so so when we step into this season, we had a very good time, we had a very good luck and we have a very good team. Everyone back from the injury when it comes to game week one, game week two, we had a smooth sail, clean sheet and when we come to this game, okay, we were expecting a world-class game. Yes, for the fans, for the management and for the players, they were expecting nothing but a tough game. Okay, Chelsea, European champions coming in, 
Correct. with Liverpool who just recovered from the injury and mm. it was a game to watch. For me, uh, I had almost like zero expectation. I was like, okay, as long we don't lose, it's okay. Because uh, not everyone has reached full fitness in our team. Virgin van Dijk still trying to find his footing. He's yeah. good, he's good. He's not back to his best self yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with Chelsea, with a very good team, we were expecting to win. But, uh, how to say? Yes, we are disappointed that it was a game. You know, second half was like, the game was handed in platter to us. Yes, with yeah. One player was sent off. And we had the opportunity to win. Imagine, bro. We had 24 shots for the entire game and Chelsea only had six. Yeah, that is that is the very important point to note. We had so many chances, but then we actually failed to score any of it. And all the set-piece play we had, the corners that we had, Edward Mendy actually saved every single corner that we took. We took about, I think, about 12 to 13 corners. And there were a few which were not so good because Robertson was still out of form despite coming back from injury and all that. So, yes. you know, Mendy was on top of his game after receiving the award for being the best goalkeeper in the championship. So, and rightly so, uh, he proved it. He he performed really well. So, I can give it back to you. You can continue. Okay, sure. Like, thank you for highlighting on Mendy. Yeah, unbelievable. A guy who just came in, who's supposed to be the second best goalkeeper for Chelsea, the second choice keeper. Now, he is the best in Europe. And you can definitely see his performance on the game. Leo pulled so many tries and he was there to just stop it. Yes. Okay? And for us, it was really frustrating. It is almost like parking a bus there. We tried so many ways to get through, mm. get in the D-box, score goals. Even you remember the, uh, the, the first goal that we had through penalty? You know what kind of fiasco went there in the D box? Yeah, exactly, correct, correct. I believe there is like three shots that were blocked, and the third one hit James. He decided to deliberately block it with his hand, yeah. and that was the turning point of the match. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. I think you put it in a in a in a correct perspective because uh, despite the red card, despite them being ten, I mean one man down, and they were playing with ten players on the pitch, Chelsea. They were super disciplined. Um, I think they didn't let their guard down. They knew that uh, the moment Reese James got the red card, I think second half, Tuchel actually took the... Um, he made the decision to actually bring in the likes of Kovacic and also uh, he brought in Chaloba as well. He even swapped off Jorginho to bring in Chaloba and stuff like that. So defensively, it was a very defensive-minded formation after the red card. And then uh, we were actually dominating possession for the whole of the second half. And then there were a few instances where Chelsea actually tried to come into the counter-attack. They tried to use Lukaku as a, as a, how to say, the receiver of the ball when they have a, like a long pass or have a clearance. They made sure that every single clearance and every single long ball from their side of the pitch came directly to Lukaku. And then there were two instances where Alisson and Matip and Van Dijk actually had had a lot on their plate to actually deal with Lukaku and all. With all that being said, um, Van Dijk and Matip, yes, they did well to soldier Lukaku throughout the whole 90 minutes. But at the same time, there were a few instances where Chelsea were absolutely dangerous, particularly in the first half. They actually, it was like very fast. I think you also have seen it. I, we, With Reese James itself, you could have seen that they were attacking using their wing backs like Reese James and Marcos Alonso. They were they were just going forward at you know at uh, at a frantic pace. And then there was like passings here and there. There were unwanted fouls by Fabinho. Matip did an unwanted foul and stuff like that. And then Henderson was like not really up to speed in terms of his whole performance in the match. So. I think all these kind of factors came into play in our draw against Chelsea. So that that is how that is what the gist of it is for our match was for the match last night. So now we can jump into the talking points. So now from our match, there there are about four talking points that I can actually pick out. 
so the main first one was actually with the selection of the team uh i i know that you know as well that uh it was very surprising for the both of us and not only just for the both of us but for the whole liverpool fan base as well when harvey elliot was actually chosen in ah yes yeah harvey elliot was actually chosen in uh with the likes start, of yeah. having yeah to start it the match in having the likes of oxley chamberlain nabi keita Thiago Alcantara and we had these kind of players uh, Milner was not around because I think they rested him for this uh, match as well we also had the likes of uh, Taki Minamino also as well so despite having these type of players I think Klopp actually uh, he he gambled but I feel that the gamble paid off in some ways uh, with Harvey Elliott pay, playing in the midfield three he did well it's not that um, I don't want to put too much pressure on him and say that you know you're an 18 year old you shouldn't be playing these kind of games but then the best players play the big matches when they are very young the best prime example you can give it was like the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi they used to play against Real Madrid when they were 18 19 years old so uh, even Ronaldo when he was playing uh, he won the premier league when he was like 19 20 so you can't blame club for choosing Harvey Elliott he could have done better in terms of choosing Naby Keita or you know Thiago for the match against Chelsea but then overall Harvey Elliott did well for me so i can pass it back to you Vitran what do you think of Harvey Elliott's performance okay for for Harvey Elliott okay young lad really good okay there's nothing bad you can say about his performance with Chelsea okay that uh, you can't just point out say he's very sloppy or not it's just that uh how to put it how we elite because of the age factor they believe okay we should have put someone which more experience and this thing but uh how we elite is a guy who really ready who is really waiting for his turn to prove to the club prove to entire cop fights that he would be the next legacy the next gerard coming in who can really be someone who can be uh the next club legend okay and if you see Harvey Elliott's performance okay he's quite good his passing is good um he is there whenever the ball is given to him he is escaping all the deadlocks yeah uh, right. from the defenders and he is giving in good balls okay so yeah. but the problem is okay the entire midfield is dysfunctional maybe because of the combo i believe it's not because of yeah. individual because That there is, is lack yeah. of creativity okay yeah. uh you can just say harvey elliot if you ask me harvey elliot really performed and mm-hmm. i feel like you highlighted earlier uh i believe it's not the game for jordan henderson because uh i believe fitness issue or something mm-hmm. uh he wasn't really uh being this thing and uh, fabino was there to rescue most of the time That's playing in getting in the ball from the opponents but bit sloppy tackles and challenges exactly. you know he was so close to be booked there and so yeah harvey elliot top notch but midfield need some working to do yeah so, exactly i think you were right as well yeah i think you were right as well so i felt personally that um nabi keita or maybe uh tiago or chamberlain could have played in that position so what do you think do you think that if if Nabi Keita or Thiago or Chamberlain played in the midfield would the creativity been the same or would have been different for me it would have been different because i do know the pedigree that Thiago has for example because he can play the the lob balls to Mane and yes. Salah and Fabinho you do know that the passing accuracy for Thiago is is up to the 90s and above so the 90% and above when it comes to nabi keita there's like more creativity with, within within his play style you do know he's very very direct he goes against defenders he goes against the wing backs so we know nabi keita so what do you think did you do you feel that maybe a change in that one position that means like nabi keita being with the midfield three with fabinho and anderson would have worked out because i was initially thinking thiago would have played because of last season what do you think yes Yeah. Okay uh okay very nice opinion because I'm pretty sure all the Liverpool fans now the main thing the main thing that pops in their mind right after the game is why they didn't start with Thiago Alcantara okay 
Thiago his debut was against Chelsea. Yes, he came yes. in in the second half and he managed to make so many passes within short period of time. He impressed Liverpool fans immediately in the previous mm-hmm. when his debut yeah. match. Okay. So, yes, if you see the first half of the game when the red card was not given, Chelsea was not playing safe. They were coming in and coming out. At that point of time, if we had a player like Thiago Alcantara, yes, his passes would have met Firmino or Salah or Mane on the left wing on the spot and they would have created something. Yes, I believe that if we have Thiago Alcantara starting the game, we would have made the first goal and it would have changed the course of the game entirely. Mm-hmm. Okay, Keita. Keita, yes, he is currently back on his form. After so many injury crises and everything, mm-hmm. Keita has proven that he is quite good based on his performance during pre-season. Yes, But okay. is he up for the match? Yes. I really don't know because we haven't really seen Keita playing in the Liverpool style that much. There are a few good games and most of it, he ends up in injured or there are some very low games. Mm-hmm. Keita, one thing you can really highlight about him is his linked play. If you see, Keta always play on the left side and he always plays well with Mane. I don't know, they have some kind of chemistry yeah, going on. Yeah, the chemistry but when looks Keta, well. Yes, when Keta and uh, Mane is on the left-hand side, you can see somehow or rather there is some sort of link-up play. But yes. if you really watch this game, you would have seen that kind of chemistry was existing with Salah, Uh, Technically correct, I wanted to mention Salah, Javi Elliott and yes, also Trent Alexander. So, yeah. we really like to see that kind of chemistry, you know, because these yeah. three people on the right flank, they are playing well, they are passing well. So, it's really good to see that something is developing. So, like, coming back to the picture, just game week three, the third match of the season, I think it's still soon, yeah. but we have a team that can really grow from here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, okay then when you talk about Hawks, okay. Ox is the kind of guy who, I would say, who loves to attempt from outside of the D-box. Yes. And we really wish we have someone like him. Yes, mm-hmm. Fabino also someone like that who have scored goals out of the D-box. Yes, yeah. he have tried, but we would. I really felt that Ox should have given a, you know, a few minutes before the end of the second half, few minutes mm-hmm. to come in to give us some. Good runs into the D box, maybe a very good shoot from outside of D box. You know, we could have like gambled with him. And okay, let's not forget Takumi Minamino. Well, I really want our, how to say, scout samurai to come in and yeah. you know, show his. <laughs> yeah, because you feel bad for him. Like uh, I don't want to see him on the bench too much. I know he's good. We we've seen him being. At his best when he played with us last season, and then he went on loan to Southampton. So yes, to actually see him not starting the first three games, it's actually I understand the first two games we actually win, won it comfortably. But then when it came to Chelsea, why didn't Klopp gamble? I think that that was the that was the main uh, issue at hand. We didn't mind yes, I... that Harvey Elliott was playing, but it's just that you know we, with the quality that we have on the bench, why didn't he look to it? Oh, okay. This is the question that everyone asks, okay? Harvey Elliott is a winger naturally and mm. uh, he is the, how to say, his best position is where Salah is right now. But yeah. just to get into the club system, he able to adapt to a midfield role, yeah. a central midfield, almost a central midfield role on the right flank to be a support to Mo Salah rather than being the finisher. He is more to a support role right now and he's playing well. I believe mm-hmm. Klopp is really one someone who can adapt into many roles. Takumi is equally talented as uh, Javi Elliott, I would definitely say, because we bought him because we saw him, how he performed during when his time in uh, Red Bull Salzburg during yeah. our Champions League match yeah, and he really performed and that's why we brought Minamino to the team. Uh, we have seen him performing in pre-season, Even he performed well when when it comes to Southampton on his loan spree. He really deserves time and I believe uh, maybe on our league game with Norwich, he might get a chance to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll never know. Probably yeah. Know. But yeah. yes, definitely, coming back to the question, yes, I really felt that Thiago or Keita should have started. 
yeah. in the midfield because um, not to not to say bad because our captain Jordan Anderson is the engine of Liverpool FC. Okay, mm-hmm. you can't deny that he mm-hmm. is the motivation, he is the energy that everyone needs. But in comes to tactical aspect, in that sense, I feel that you know we should have had Keita or some one like Thiago starting in first. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Very valid points made. So all in all, still Javier Elliott's performance is still good. So with yep. that being said, so we will be going to the next uh, talking point, which is the struggle that we had in our left flank with uh, the addition of uh, Robertson coming into the starting lineup in place of uh, Costas Shimikas. Uh, initially, we thought uh, Shimikas would be starting this game. Uh, provided that uh, Robertson still, you know, isn't 100% fully fit. But last week, we saw Robertson on the bench against Burnley. He didn't come on. Uh, in this uh, game, he came in. I think particularly the main reason was with the addition of Robertson into the first eleven. I think, I feel that it was because of the prior experiences that Robertson has had playing against Chelsea in previous seasons like the last two or three seasons back. So, I think because of that experiences and with that uh, quality that Robertson brings, I think that is the main reason that Klopp brought Robertson in. Um, I don't blame him for that whatsoever. But then, as the game went on, the sync between Robertson and Mani, I think it wasn't really going well. I think it could be because of the fitness issue and him being very cautious with his... Uh, physique uh, after the injury that he had during preseason. So, what what do you think, Vitran? Could uh, Robertson have done better, or could maybe Shimikas Shimikas should have started? What do you think? Okay, okay. This is a very nice thing because earlier we were saying uh, how the right flank was functioning very well and the fluidity yes. is there, Correct. but that is not existing when it comes to the left side. Okay. Uh, few crosses from the left side, uh, Mane always stuck, uh, comes to a point where he couldn't pass or create uh, any sort of opportunity on the left flank. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because we have the captain of the Chelsea, Azpilicueta. He's quite good at his side. Okay, maybe he and Rhys James were really falling back when they see any chance of Liverpool attacking and they were actually trying to make sure that Robertson or money doesn't create any opportunity. So, I wouldn't entirely blame from our performance, but it's just that our opponent have read us very well and were there expecting uh, expecting us to do this kind of uh, stunts, this kind of passes, and they were there to block readily and steadily. Okay, uh, but yes, uh, how to say that Robertson was not back to his 100% yet. He just recovered from what seems to be a freakish a uh, leg accident and now he is fit but I believe that they haven't hit that thing yet but I believe it's mainly because there isn't the right midfield guy to link up the place if Thiago was introduced earlier there wouldn't be the awkwardness between Andrew Robertson and Mane in between uh, maybe it was because in this game it was Jordan Henderson and also Fabinho switching the sides to the left to the central and it's not giving the fluidity that required for the ball move ball to move on the left flank so it's something that Klopp really needs to look at and he needs to make sure that you know Liverpool all for the past two years they have the best defensive line they have the best three forwards in the world but the midfield it's always changing and there is no something permanent we eventually came uh, how to say last season that our best combo would be Fabinho with Thiago Alcantara and Jordan Anderson. But now Jordan Anderson is having his fitness issue and Harvey Elliott being introduced. I believe that, you know, it is something that they have noticed. Yes, definitely they have noticed there is no fluidity when it comes to ball movement on the left flank. But I believe that is something they'll work on. Okay, we could see the improvement eventually in the coming few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you think that it's because of the midfield or do you think there's something else that is uh, causing this? Uh, you I, know, less I felt that. that in the left side, I felt that Mane 
and Robertson. I mean, we do know the year they since many years ago when Mane and Robertson have been playing in the left side, in the defense as a left back and as a as a left winger. We do know the combination and the sync between the both of them, and we 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 have seen it uh, from those days when Klopp actually signed the both of them. But then in this game particularly, I couldn't really see that uh, sync. It was very very sloppy. I think from Robertson, even the corner that he took, the first corner that he took, it was so bad. It was very very bad. And then when it came to the second and third, and then gradually it became better. But then I felt like the, even the corner went too high. And then when Mane was uh, playing with the ball, I felt that he was running. Mane was actually running away from. I think you could have seen it. He was running away from his position too many times. From the left flank, you could have seen him generally take the ball. Go into the center, and then find a player on the right hand side, and he would play center, which was very very awkward. It it was not exactly Mane's play style, and I felt that whenever Mane has the ball, uh, at in the first half, Reese James actually took charge of Mane, and he actually stopped him from actually dribbling past him, or or actually yes, turning yes. away from challenges, and also you know. Going one on one against him, uh, against Reece James or Aspiliqueta, I think because of the back five was there for Chelsea. So if Reece James couldn't go after Mane, I think Aspiliqueta did that very very well in marshalling Mane. And I felt the Mane was very very sloppy. What do you think? Did you, I because I felt honestly I did feel Mane was very very sloppy, despite uh, yes, yes. performing the 90 minutes. Yes, yes, I do feel because at one point I really felt that you know, you know what, Klopp is really gonna change. This guy maybe gonna introduce uh, Ox Oxley Chamberlain. Yeah, mm. I really thought that money it was not his game entirely. Okay, because yes, uh, I felt that he's losing the ball easily, and uh, he is playing the ball too much. He's not passing it, keeping it to himself quite some time. And of course, you know. Reece James and uh, Azuicueta is right there, who can just end it. But I really don't know what went wrong uh, with Money. Okay, maybe I really not sure what went wrong. But I like you say, really really sloppy from him. Yeah. So yeah, that's why. Uh, and of course, at that one point, like I really said, I really hope that he was substituted with someone else, and we might have you know created some opportunities on that side. Okay, yeah. coming back. Okay, I really know why Andrew Robertson was paid, but not Simikas. Mm. Because remember, Simikas was making uh, minute, minute errors, and of course, he yeah. looks like he's yeah, losing I his see. sleep while playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Klopp <laughs> thought, okay, you know what? We rest the guy for this game, lah. But nevertheless, he's a good talent. Yeah. Yes, he has the energy. He is like energizer bunny. Someone inserted a very good battery in him. He's running up and down, recovering yeah. the lost ball. He is. Literally watching Andrew Robertson, and he is indeed in the team to replace Andrew Robertson eventually. So um, he is there. He is growing. Uh, we didn't see him last season because of the injuries. Yeah. Then he just jumped in, replacing Andrew Robertson, who went out in injury. Coming in, he played a very good two games. Yes, a lot of sloppy errors from him, yeah. but he really did make an impact. Mm -hmm. But Andrew Robertson. Who is a person who does minimize that kind of sloppiness? Was given the opportunity, be, being the senior of the squad, and also a person who is really reliable on the left flank. He is he really did well. Okay, yeah. I think so even, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, because I did feel that even during the defensive wise, defensively there were also a few times where Robertson got caught out by Havertz, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. while playing the. One two, and then while controlling the ball, trying to pass it to Jorginho and stuff like that. So in those kind of scenes, there were one or two mistakes, but then there was not much. I think defensively, Robertson was good, but then just like attacking wise, when coming all the way to the around the 80th minute, it mm -hmm. it started to get very very sloppy, and they were going for too many corners, which they knew that, you know, when when you look at the game, you would have already known every single corner has already been cleared off by the Chelsea defenders. They've already had five or six defenders there, so it made a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, that's all I can say. So, 
I mean, I don't blame Klopp selecting Robertson. It could have been Chimikas, but then overall, I felt that certain factors played in that cost. You know, the sloppiness between Mane and Robertson. And to be fair, like what you said, if Keita would have played in Harvey Elliott's position, then it would have been different. But then, as such, the game is already done and dusted. So, there's only so much we can analyse in this particular... Oh, okay. Bro, I wasn't saying like Harvey Elliott to be changed, but I felt like, you know, Anderson should have rested a little bit longer. Yeah, true as well, true as well. Yeah. Because uh, we do know that Thiago really plays well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we felt that before the whole game change with the red card is, uh, issued, yeah. I think when uh, Thiago is there, the game would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. the game would have been interesting and more chances would have created. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So, yeah, and bro, you do realize yeah. that I don't know why. Uh-huh. Since uh, the start of the season, I somehow feel like, you know, our our left back are being pushed throughout the game. You know, they're like they are really yeah. tired. You know, mm-hmm. they are running up and down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this comes to the next question, bro. Do you think that Liverpool should change their formation from four three three to something else? Should a new player should be introduced? What do you think? Um, personally, I would have, I don't mind staying in the same position, in the same formation, 4-3-3 with uh, Femino being the false nine. I don't mind being that. But when it comes to playing Jota, especially as a striker, because he's also somewhat the on the Salah and Mane style of play, where what he does is like, he plays in the centre and then he just drips out wide. And then he either goes for crosses or what he does is he just plays the one-twos with the midfield and then he goes forward. So if that's the case, then you can still play 4-3-3. I don't mind it. But we did change the formation uh, two years ago when we won the Champions League. In that particular the season where we won the Champions League, in that Premier League season, Liverpool actually played the 4-2-3-1 formation. So yeah. The anchor in midfield was actually Fabinho and Henderson. And then you could see in the attacking, more of like the centre midfield and attacking midfield position was Keita. And then you could see Mane, Salah, Firmino. So you could, have yep. seen, you could have seen that. So in some ways, it actually worked. Because in the first five games, they were actually playing in that formation. And it worked. Why My, my whole uh, point, uh, point is... Why doesn't Klopp just use the same system? He can use the same formation 4-3-3, playing Firmino as a false nine. But in some instances, if you really want to play Jota, Firmino, Salah and Mane in the starting lineup, you can play for 4-2-3-1. So Firmino can still play as an attacking midfield. So it's not necessary for you to have another midfielder in order to, you know, in order to keep hold of that midfield position because Firmino is already playing like a false nine where he drops into midfield he takes the ball and he allows Mane and Salah to actually run from the wings all the way into the forward position in the middle so that they can score so that is how they actually work so they can play another formation it's just entirely up to Klopp to actually see whether the the system works the system can work it's just that Klopp doesn't want the formation to be you know he doesn't want to utilize the formation, that's all. But for me, 4 yeah. to 3 1 still works. It's still considered uh, a very solid formation for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you see, like, um, we have been playing the 4 3 3 for quite a long time now. So it is really a predictable thing. And when it comes to this Chelsea match, you see our opponent are playing very defensive. They were playing 3 4 2 1, three yeah. center backs. Okay, and Marcos Alonso on the left, with James on the right. Okay, and Golo Kante. Oh my God, Golo Kante is the equivalent of Fabinho for Chelsea. Okay, yeah. they were very defensive, and how they attacked, they were solely dependent on their three forwards, Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, and Lukaku. And they have Lukaku because they know he's the guy who can just cut through a defense and be there, whether he's gonna score the goal or he's gonna be. Uh, the person who creates the opportunity for this yeah, Mason correct. Mount or Kai Havertz to come forward and score a goal. Okay, yeah, so yeah. that's how 
uh, dangerous is Roma, Romelu Lukaku. What do you think that happened? Was it um, really Bendik versus Lukaku? I think. If you ask me, yeah. bro, if you ask me, yeah, I believe Matip is the one who had Lukaku in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, I think most of the times I think Matip did that, but they it, they did it in a combination of Bendik and Matip. I think the both yeah. of them actually decided we are going to sandwich him. We are going to close him down. We are not going to give him any balls. We are not going to let him dribble past us. And then any long ball or any long pass that actually came, Bendai headed it away. If there was any through balls coming in, Matip actually cleared it away. So they worked both hand in hand, Bendai and Matip. But when Matip, he also made a clearance in the second half, though. So he's he's being criminally underrated by a lot of fans. I mean, not yes, only exactly. just our Liverpool fans, but rival fans as well. They don't see Matip as a as a top class centre back, but we do because uh, we want we want the Champions League, we want the Premier League, and we want it having players like Matip, Van Dijk, Joe Gomez, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is still being argued as being the best right back in the world right now. Who they don't even want to say that. So for Matip to be underrated like this to this level, so you know you can't see much and. Every day he is proving. Every week he is proving us wrong. Every match yes, that he plays, he is proving us wrong. So Mati no, actually that, had him in the pocket. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You see, there was this one point a volley by Lukaku, and I thought, okay, gone. They're gonna score the second goal, and there yeah. is Mati raising his leg, blocking the goal. Wow, that is a yeah. relief. Mati, in and out every game, he comes and proves he can do it. Okay, no one would believe just because previously we had injuries with Matip and Gomez coming in. Yeah. Uh, this is during our Champions League, uh, Champions League campaign that we won, and also the Premier League campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the only problem. Matip injured, Gomez comes in, Gomez gets injured. Lovren came in during the Champions League. Yeah. So the partner for Virgil Van Dijk was always changing. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point as well. So, because the whole of second half after the red card from, uh, you know, Chelsea got the red card. The whole second half, they actually didn't let Lukaku get into the ball. Just that there were certain instances where the midfield got, with Chelsea's midfielders got the ball, and then they were starting to attack. Even then, also any crosses which came in, it was all dealt with dealt with by Matip and Van Dijk. So. In that sense, they are they are still you know Matip and Van Dijk. They are coming back to their best. So we just need a few more matches to see their full potential. That that is how I can put it. So coming into mm-hmm. the next talking point, I think we need to somewhat give praise. I I know this is 100% Liverpool show, but we need to hands down praise Chelsea for their resilience because being one man down due to a red card. For me, bro, for me, the handball, his handball, it really hit his arm. He moved his arm deliberately. It was a handball, but the red card, no. yes, yes. For me, it's just a bit too harsh. Even I think Klopp yes. mentioned in his in his in his media conference uh, the interview as well. It was just too harsh for me. I mean, we do know the type of referee Anthony Taylor is. He can, at times, he will be very, very good. He can be the world class. He can be the world's best referee. And then, at the drop of a dime, he will just send someone off. He <laughs> just do some stupid decision, and he will just send someone off. But I felt that, in all honesty, that the red card was harsh. The handball is a handball. It did happen. They they looked at it in VAR, legit handball. We got the penalty. And then there were certain uh, arguments between Mendy and Henderson because he tried to kick the ball away when Henderson wanted to take the ball and go back to the middle of the pitch. So it was something uh, not unnecessary from Mendy, from his point of view. We did did have that argument and stuff like that. But then all in all, the whole of the second half they actually stopped us, and Mendy was very immense for Chelsea. I have to give him props for that because I do know that. Our club has the best goalkeeper in the world as well. In Allison, he did make a fantastic save, barring the goal from Havertz and stuff like that. Um, other than that, uh, after the red card, Allison was barely disturbed in the match. 
but it was more down to the resilience of chelsea so i have i have to tip my hat to them you know they are the european champions and tuchel has implemented a system where they are like super disciplined bro i mean <laughs> they even try to attack while being one man down with the red card and you know that says a lot about the mentality of of tuchel uh the type of mentality that he has implemented to chelsea so what do you think about chelsea's resilience in this game uh masterclass by thomas tuchel okay right before the whistle of end of the half time such a fiasco happened uh reese james handball deliberate foul handball the ball yes i was like check the var i want to know it is 100% a handball give the penalty i was like really wishing mm-hmm. for it yeah. and then the referee went check the tv yes it was penalty yes we were happy but in split second he flashed the red card and felt like oh, okay that's way too much okay we re- liverpool fans were really not expecting the red card because definitely it was too harsh because you see they were like three shots going in the box and it was in the heat of time reese james i don't know whether he was like impulsively or what mm-hmm. he did a fall there he committed a fall just like he was elbowing the ball out mm-hmm. uh okay i thought okay penalty would be sufficient but red card he changed the course but thomas tuchel decided even before the whistle was blown you can see all his assistants coming in he was discussing and he was really smart he know what to do mm-hmm. he went into the dressing room told everyone to be calm okay and he executed a plan to make sure okay it's okay if we don't win but as long we don't lose so that's how they came into the second half they were playing very defensively okay they were playing very carefully they know that when the liverpool gets the ball it's gonna be Liverpool will be bombarding non-stop but when yeah. they get the ball they just going to play it slow play it safe and the the thing that you would have realized is they were deliberately wasting time yeah okay yeah. okay they know okay it's very hard for them to win because now everything changes and it is only Lukaku way up there so mm-hmm. it would be very hard and so they decided you know what it's okay let's settle for a point mm. but we are not losing here so they played with that in their mind you can see a lot of places they were deliberately wasting time and but if you ask me this is masterpiece from tushal uh he really know how to play it being a guy who is compare uh, consistently being compared as the second best guy after klopp Yeah, definitely. The good point as well. It was a defensive masterclass. Uh, we would always see Mourinho, you know, park the bus and stuff like that. But this yes, time yes. round, Chelsea doing park the bus, it it made a lot of sense because of what happened with the red card and stuff like that. And rightly so. So points I shared. The game remained one-one. We are going on to the next match, so we are going on to the international break and stuff like that. So it's still too early for us to actually decide anything on who's going to be winning the for the Premier League. So this match was actually a good taste of what's to come, you know, in the near future as well. So hopefully we can win against them away in Stamford Bridge. So uh, with that being said, so points not dropped. We are still. I think we are third or fourth, bro. The the table right we now. So it's still too early, bro. Fourth. Looking at WSM being at the top of the league, I know it sucks, but <laughs> it's still too early to actually decide anything. And WSM are performing well currently, so we can't say much. Sir. Yeah, yeah, it's too early to say WSM. And then uh, Tottenham has the opportunity to make it a good win and come back. Yeah. And yeah, it's like I said, is the points are very very close by, so it's not yeah, yeah. it's very too soon for us to say, you know, who has the opportunity. But we need to highlight one thing: there is a team who is already in the relegation zone after three games. You know which team I'm talking about, right? <laughs> we have to bring up Arsenal for this episode. <laughs> Alright, guys. So we have uh, come to the next topic that we are going to discuss. So we are 
going to go into the play ratings for the Liverpool players. So, bro, um, play ratings. Uh, the first player I would rate for our 11, which played against Chelsea, is Alisson. So, I would give. Um, what 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 is your rating, bro, for Alisson? Bro, I would say that. Um, out of ten, la, Out him, of ten. I would give him six, lah, bro. Because um, okay, why six? Because uh, I say literally the second half, Liverpool controlled the game. He has mm-hmm. a little role to play, but he was there to save few shots and this thing. Uh, he really come out, okay, give some passes, make some quick um, adjustments. But uh, he was a bit sloppy because there were sometimes people are shouting at him, asking to release the ball fast. Yeah. Uh, but overall, he's really good. Mm. He really clears even though under pressure. He had a very good save from Kovacic. Um, as uh, people say that he, he could have made that uh, save. He could have uh, really avoided the Chelsea goal. But uh, mm. it was a very tough angle. He couldn't have stretched that far. But yeah. overall, 6 out of 10 for a very decent play. Yeah, I think six six out of ten makes a lot of sense. I think uh, he didn't do a lot of mistakes, barring just the goal, which was because he came out of a corner and then Robertson failed to defend Harvards from it. But all in all, he was largely not disturbed in the second half. So I think six out of ten makes a lot of sense. So now moving on, we would uh, the rating for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Bro. What do you think? Trent would be seven, bro, because. Uh... Yeah. Okay, he made some good chances. I believe I can still remember he made a very good chance for Henderson. Henderson couldn't uh, tuck it into the goal, but mm. uh, it was a very good chance. The ball landed properly. Mm. Um, he was up and down. Literally, he, he was performing quite well. Actually, mm. he was making sure that Alonso doesn't doesn't take uh, much of the opportunity and chances to make a mm. dangerous cross or anything. So um, somehow he managed to put, uh, he managed to cover a bit of Alonso. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, I believe Trent Alexander, both attackingly and defensively, he really is good. Seven would be a very fair marker for him. Yeah, I think seven seven makes a lot of sense. He did a lot of good uh, crosses. He played a lot of uh, good build-up play to uh, in the second half, in the first half as well. So it made a lot of sense to give him seven. So I would go for seven as well. So the next would be our underrated Joel Matip. So what would you give? Okay, Matip, he shined, I would say seven. Okay, Matip, he was defending. He's making sure Lukaku doesn't take the opportunity. And somehow or other, when you see Liverpool attacking, suddenly Joel Matip is up there trying to hit the ball inside the goal. But he had a chance, but he hit the bar. I think that's the where it started and which yeah. eventually ended up with a red card. But yeah, yeah Joel Matip, sometimes you'd be surprised, suddenly he'll be up there. Okay, yeah. he really good runs, but there are some flaws there. He couldn't really block, he couldn't really run and uh, really get the ball out of the D-box. But uh, somehow or other, he was at the right place at the right time. And most importantly, he blocked Lukaku out for his goal. So yeah, seven, very decent, a very decent performance from Joel Matip. Yep, yeah, makes a lot of sense. So seven for Joel Matip. Uh, would you say the same for Van Dyke as well, or you would go one higher? Well, uh, everyone say one higher, but I believe yes. Why not? Because Van Dyke, after a, almost one year out in injury, he came. That the third match itself is a very high pressure mm-hmm. against the Champions yeah. League winning Chelsea. Okay, yeah. and then. The whole week, it was all about Lukaku versus Virgil van Dijk. And he was there. He is good because he is calm. He's calm when he does his tackle. He is calm when he does the passes and everything. So, when it comes to the fluidity of ball movement, when it, on the defensive play, Virgil van Dijk really outshines and really makes sure that no, how to say, no one can penetrate that much of the defensive yeah. line. He really did well. So, yeah, Vajit Nolendaik, you know, uh, he really outshined 8 for him. 8, eight for the game. Okay. So, that makes a lot of sense as well. He was very... The, the usual Vendaik that we used to see 
two seasons ago the premier league champions league winning season so they he's coming back to his best so um, he definitely yeah. took care of lukaku very well so i will give him an 8 as well uh, moving on to robertson okay robertson uh, first game after his uh, injury coming back uh, he did try his best to be on pace to his usual self try to make the right passes uh, not sure whether he is uh how to say being sloppy or being not accurate with his passes or is it because the defense is too good but uh it was not a game for Andy Robertson he didn't shine well and um i think there's a lot of learning points for him to take from this game for mm-hmm. overall i say Andy Robertson 6 6 okay for you 6 i might go one slightly lower, lower. I, i i might go for a 5 because that's not the usual robertson that we are used to seeing we used to see the very yeah. energetic robertson we we did see the energetic robertson no doubt about it no, but no, then no, no. in terms of the crossing the passing it was all very sloppy and i felt yes. that with money it didn't really uh sink really well i think it's because of the injuries and you know it takes time for you to actually come back from injury and actually get that chemistry back on with your with the with the left winger that you are playing together with so i think that's a very important factor so because of the injury only i give him a five other than that mm-hmm. he was fine defensively defensively he was fine so moving on yeah. uh, fabinho what how do you rate fabinho out of 10 okay fabinho coming back to the wonderful game after missing last week's game because of the passing of his father mm-hmm. so we were like uh, really sad for him uh, mm-hmm. we really hope that he would bounce back you know mm-hmm. from this tragedy and able to perform his duty and i believe he really did perform his duty mm-hmm. he came in he was there but only then there were times he was like uh, i would say like he was out of focus and he knows that he has to do something so that the ball doesn't go past him and yeah. that's when he does all this sloppy yeah. and uh, probably untidy tackles and yeah. uh, of course he was very very lucky i would say because yeah. i was like oh no he gonna get a card he gonna get yeah, until yeah, the yeah. commentator said only a stare from the <laughs> referee and i was like who yeah. that was lucky because you know we had the advantage chelsea was one man down okay and we really, i was really hoping that fabinho doesn't get any card and i was hoping that he doesn't uh, give the leverage to the opponent by getting yeah. a red card himself but uh, nevertheless he performed his duty uh, he even tried to penetrate he he really wanted to give a long shot he really did try not lucky he yeah. tried to pass into the box okay at the same time defensively he was there he was supporting the center backs and yeah for a job well done i would say seven for him yeah makes a lot of sense and it's understandable that he did have sloppy moments or unwanted tackles you know with his mind all that is going through his mind after the loss of his father and all that so we can i can't blame him too much on that sense so he he did still play well for us he anchored the midfield well uh, try to find passes on both sides trying to get crosses in Uh, defending Lukaku and uh, Kante as well. He actually marshaled Kante well. So all in all, I think seven is is a bit fair as well. So we move on to Henderson. So our captain, how do you rate our captain for this match? Our captain, okay. Let's see. Our captain, okay. He really played well. He he knows when he comes to this game with two games that he was sick. He was really on the bench. Mm-hmm. uh he knows he has something to prove okay he knows there's a lot of competition in the midfield area uh he really needs to back up if he wants uh to stay in the starting 11 or even to stay in the club so he knows what he has to do he just comes in uh he does very good runs into the d box trying to maximize the opportunity um not only depending on the front three he is getting in there trying to score a goal he had a very good opportunity from the pass from Trent Alexander-Arnold but left footed effort not his dominant foot 
it really went wide and i would have believed if he somehow switched it to right it would have been a goal and of course he did try a long shot effort you know the similar to what he did previous seasons yeah, a few seasons Chelsea, ago yes 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 yeah against chelsea yeah. as well the top corner goal we thought yeah. that going to be but it's dead wide as well um he had a really decent uh, this thing but i believe um uh, if not for is uh, um Stamina issue. Really a very yes. 100% Jordan Henderson performance. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's not yeah. easy thing. But somehow I feel like uh, not to blame Jordan Henderson, but uh, somehow the midfield didn't function very well, and maybe because of the wrong combo or something. Uh, maybe they are really missing Gini Wijnaldum in there. I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, but but mainly because of the misfunction of the midfield there, I would yeah. say the maximum I would go for is. Six for the Randomson. All right, six. Six makes a lot of sense. So, so moving on to the performance of Harvey Elliott. So, how do you rate Harvey Elliott for this performance? Okay, Harvey Elliott. Okay, we need to really think about. I believe this is his first time on a top tier, top flight, high intense champion versus champions level match. Yeah. This was his first match. and a lot of hopes hopes on him okay club has his hopes the entire luke lepsi fans have all the hopes on him mm-hmm. okay and he has to perform under very high pressure and expectation on a, such a very big occasion yeah. and he executed very well he was very fast and he chased the ball okay there wasn't any moment that he just like stands there or sighs or just mm-hmm. taking a deep breath no he's running here running there if he loses the ball is taking if he sees that the ball is going to the defensive side and they're playing casually okay he yeah. chases it he gives the pressure and he's continuously working in to make sure that you know the pressure is felt by the defense side and somehow they would do some sort of mistake and mm-hmm. stuff and they could take leverage okay he made good tackles as well um he does a very good passing and his link up play between Trent Alexander Arnold and of course Mosala is very good is very how to say not sloppy and uh, they are not losing the ball very high pass accuracy and i would say Javier is simply the man of the match for Liverpool FC on that day of course if you see the tournament it definitely would go for Mendy who makes a lot of saves yeah, for the game yeah. but Javier for Liverpool side he outshine everyone else so Harvey Elliott 7.5 7.5 okay very bold <laughs> giving him man of the match which is kind of fair as well yeah i don't mind because he he had a lot of the ball looking to pass looking to cross in the ball playing in the corners trying to get corners for the team uh, mm-hmm. he was more of like how adam lalana was many years ago yes, so yes. yeah it showed a lot of that that in him so looking forward to more of him playing for us in the first team hopefully if he yes, definitely yes. can improve in certain aspects yeah, yeah who knows how elliot will be mold to be the next gerard who knows he has yeah, the potential never know. he never and know he can definitely yeah. make his name he when he came to liverpool as a yeah. the best under 16 player in england and mm. now he played a wonderful game and you know right he got a call up for international duty yeah, for under 21 yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so yeah. that's so he is performing at his highest level and we hope somehow he starts to produce more goals for his goals for liverpool eventually yeah. in premier yeah makes a lot of sense yeah well put uh, so moving on to our front three obviously femino got injured and jota came in so what, how would you rate femino in the first half just just a quick one okay uh firmino okay he was there making proper runs mm-hmm. but uh okay but i would say the front three are sloppy for this time around okay yeah. they are not making proper passing and uh, they are they don't have the chemistry that they used to have you know the four side like firmino used to have this four side where he can pass to a place where he knows Salah will be there or Mane will be there but now yeah, uh, we, we can see these kind of things are lacking in the team uh, somehow rather somehow rather the three of them are thinking differently and uh, they are not 
being the best how they used to be two seasons before money at times he is being uh, a bit selfish uh, mm-hmm. he tries his best to really cup but he really uh, not perform well for this thing so i'll start with sadio money sadio money i would give a six where i believe that uh, it was not his best game uh, he could have been better and i hope that he would be better in the next game okay coming back to roberto firmino roberto firmino he tried his best he did good runs a uh, few misses and i believe firmino still haven't found his touch yet despite being the false nine i believe that now he could perform better and uh, firmino i would give at least seven because uh, firmino didn't have a selfish way he passes the ball he runs down and takes the ball and brings it up which is what a midfielder should do but roberto firmino doesn't mind he comes down he supports the midfield and takes the ball and brings it up yeah. so for that he's good and coming to mo salah bro mm-hmm. if it's a penalty salah is the guy to give and and he, he knows how to do his job so there's no advocating him on how to do it penalty okay if it's salah you can just close your eyes and say yeah that's a goal and that's what salah did he came in when it's needed and he did score a goal uh opportunities came and because uh, he was right footed he didn't really get in yeah uh, he's a left foot player and he sure he got the he shot the ball in the right foot and it was so easy for mendy to take <laughs> I no, actually i believe there's three shots actually bro i believe yeah. there's three shots where salah had to take it with his right leg mm-hmm. okay and uh if it fall on the right leg okay we would have won comfortably and yeah. we do remember back when hazard was still playing for chelsea you know that screamer that he scored outside yeah. of the d box yeah okay he sala could have really scored that but uh, i believe a very tight defensive play by chelsea has really didn't block all his ways didn't give him the opportunity to a long shot a curb shot to the top corner no but nevertheless he was hard working uh, like i said link up play with harvey elliot and thanks alexander alar to make sure something is being done on the right flank balls tend to come more from the right flank from the left flank yeah. and uh, more opportunities were created because of Salah trusting in Harvey Elliott trusting in Trent Alexander Anel on the ball play and i believe uh, Mo Salah actually was a very good team player end of the day today uh, so yeah uh, for him 7 seven. Seven. seven for him so Firmino 7 Mane 6 Salah 7 yeah yep So um after Firmino's injury I think Jota came in and then there was a little bit of I the pace actually got even more because Jota as you know he's a very good player when it comes to playing in the front three and I think the intensity increased over time but then it dipped back in the sec- second half but I feel for Jota I would give him a 7 what, what do you think mine in the likes of six bro because jota okay i believe he's a bit unlucky because he came in 5 minutes before the second half, yeah, uh, end of the, the first half, half. Yeah. and and one of his first attempt is uh the first successful attempt is the part where he no i lost you attempt yeah i just broke okay, in yeah yeah i can hear you you can continue no problem okay okay but right, okay so coming back uh dego jota uh he came in at the wrong time mm-hmm. just few minutes of his introduction replacing mm-hmm. an injured for me you know mm-hmm. he he had a very good shot which ended up with uh it hitting rich james hand and it was awarded as the penalty yeah. but after that when chelsea changed their game style went super defensive uh jota really couldn't get in yeah. there was a very strong line of defense that he couldn't penetrate Uh, mm-hmm. and the opportunities that came from him are from headers which never on target okay so mm-hmm. i don't know whether he was taking it properly or he was like rushed into taking it and um, mm-hmm. i believe uh, jota would have had a better opportunity if he started the game instead okay. of coming up okay so how much will you, what will you rate him 6 right six? yes i see i yeah, rated him 6 okay. okay you gave him a 6 um Would you just give like a quick 
rating for Tiago maybe Tiago Simikas I don't think you want to rate him because I don't think because he came in very late in the game Tiago he came about 10 minutes uh before the end of the whole match uh, in the 80th minute so any rating you want to give for Tiago okay Tiago should have come earlier Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to give give Henderson more minutes as a as a captain. Thiago came in at a time when everyone expecting him to do some incredible crosses. Mm-hmm. He has to come in, make sure that his crosses are not sloppy and it doesn't end up on Chelsea's uh, any of the Chelsea players' leg, and they would have Im- immediately would have started a counter attack. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, so uh, quick six. For his number, yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because he just came at right almost to the end of the game, so that's the best. I think it makes a lot of sense. That's the best we can give him in terms of rating. So, with that being said, we have come to the end of the play rating. So now, guys, so uh, we have come to the end of our episode for today. Uh, thank you so much, Vitran, for joining me for this episode for today between. You know, doing the match analysis and play ratings is good to have you. It's a good start for me as well, and it's good start for the both of us as well in this podcast show, so that I can invite you further, furthermore in the near future. Hopefully, when we have the time, sure, we can sure. definitely um, have some good discussions as well. And also to the fans, thank you so much for listening to our podcast and for watching our podcast via YouTube. Uh, do follow, like, share, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, and also you can follow my Spotify uh, channel as well for upcoming episodes. Uh, you can also listen to this current episode in Spotify as well. Um, don't forget to also follow my Instagram pages, uh, Instagram page, the Liverpool Junkie Podcast. Uh, you can also follow my Instagram page as well for all the upcoming episodes. So, with that being said, signing off, me, Poven, and Vitran. Um, signing right. off from the Liverpool Junkie Podcast Show episode for today. So we take care, guys. Stay safe. Uh, stay safe with Ren as well. So see right, thank you, you guys. See you guys in the next episode. So take care, and you'll never walk alone, guys. Okay, bye, guys. Y N W A.